Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Parenting by Paul David Tripp. This is um, chapters 8, 9, 10, right? Is it 8, 9, and 10? What yes, I put it in? 8, is. 9, and 10, yes. Um, so we've already done uh, two weeks of looking into this particular book, 14 chapters. Um, learned a lot. Um, unfortunately, learned a lot about um, ourselves and the self-examination. Um, and that's really what the book is all about. But uh, Johnny Farr and uh, Nick Bellamy are still with me. Thank you, guys. Hanging on by a thread. Hanging on. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, chapter 8 talks about authority. Um, says this, the, uh, the principle that he lays out is one of the foundational heart issues in the life of every child is authority. Teaching and modeling uh, the protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting. I love that protective beauty of authority. Um, and we talked about this, right? The, um, the, the beauty of boundaries. Um, when, when the law is there, it gives us freedom to act within the law, right? Once you, once you put the fence up, you know where your boundaries are and you can enjoy yourself within that. If you don't have any fences, you don't know where, right, the boundaries are and you can do whatever you want and it becomes frustrating. It becomes tiring. And so, um, this is a, a great chapter just to remind us, um, you know, that, that sin is deceptive. Um, it lies. Um, there's a, a great line, um, that I've got written in my Bible, right? Sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, um, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you wanted to pay. It's a great quote. And it is, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great reminder to us. And so that's what I think this whole chapter really is about, um, is about the importance of helping our kids, um, as we raise them, understand that, you know, sin, sin may be, you know, pleasurable for a moment. Um, but when you actually have to pay the bill, <laughs> man, it costs you a whole lot more than you thought. And so helping them to understand that a life of obedience and walking in the way of the Lord, um, really is, um, freedom, um, and, uh, the best for them, right? And that should be our heart's desire, right? Is God's best for our kids, not our best for our kids, but God's best for our kids. What'd you guys get out of this one? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I highlighted a, a, a quote, Paul Tripp. He said, one of the foundational heart issues in life of every child is authority. Mm-hmm. Teaching and modeling the protective beauty I love that. The protective beauty of authority is one of the foundations of good parenting. And hey, I think one of, if, if a parent is going to memorize one verse and, and quote it often with their kids, it's, it's going to be Ephesians 6, 3, or actually 6, 2, honor your father and mother. Mm-hmm. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and bring and that it, you may live a long life in the land. But how often do we stop at that and we don't continue to read? Paul continues and he goes on, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction in the Lord. If we're talking about authority here, if, we, if God has given us authority as fathers— as mothers, as spiritual leaders, we also have an expectation as well. Uh, he's flipping the script. It's not just 
us teaching our kids what the authority structure looks like, but we are ultimately responsible to the Lord as well. Yeah, so true. This chapter talked a lot about selfishness and Mm -hmm. self-rule. In fact, there's one line where he says, um, you know, you're also dealing with the thing that shapes, directs, controls the behavior of your children, the heart. Um, And then it is, we are trying, and we don't ever succeed, but to deliver our children from their addiction to self-rule, to doing whatever I want. Now, here's, here's one of the challenges is I don't know that we model this very well all the time. Because sometimes our parenting strategy is what I want. It's how I want you to act. It's what I'm expecting of you. And look, as a parent, you have to direct and guide and all those things, right? So there is a little bit of that that is necessary in order to get them where they need to go. But when that is our number one tactic, we fall way short of the calling. And, And all we're doing, we're telling them to not be selfish while we're being selfish. Yep. And, you know, that's a reminder, too, of if... If I and I too struggle with that as well in my home, hey, I just need you to do it because I told you so. What we ultimately need to rest in is what the word of God says in our life. And if we're not inundated in it, if we're not as Psalm one, you quoted in, in last week's uh, podcast, delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night, yep. to the end that it's simply oozing out of us to our children. Hopefully our kids will recognize that it's not just dad who says do this and don't do this, but it is God himself because this is God's word, not Johnny's. Well, Tripp goes on um, to say, um, do you humbly own the rebellion of your own heart as you deal with the rebellion of your children in a way that causes you to exercise authority with patience and grace? And that's where you put in there. No. <laughs> I think mine was, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. But, but that hope is fleeting yeah. if it's not in Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But just that, that's a great reminder. I, I think about this. And, and, and this, when I read this book, I just remember, um, you know, one of the lines that I used to say with my boys all the time um, was, I hate repeating myself. Um, and so I would, you know, the boys would do something. I would yell at them. Uh, two minutes later, they would do something again or one of them. Right? And I, you know, and I would tell them, I was like, I hate repeating myself. I've told you once. I shouldn't have to repeat myself. I shouldn't have to say it again. And then, can I just tell you, as I'm reading this book, this chapter comes up, and God God says to me, he's like, hey, Dan, have I ever repeated myself to you? Classic. Right? And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself going, oh, um, yes. And, and here's the deal. With grace and patience, um, God has repeated himself over and over and over again to me. Um, and it kind of hit me because it's like, you know, as my boys are looking to me, um, as a person, you know, that they can respect because of the position that I'm in. And so when I tell them something, I want them to obey because I'm their father. And I thought, but here's the deal. Like, uh, I'm a, you know, let's just say I'm a, let's just say I'm a, I'm a good father. I'm a great father. Whatever. God is so much better as a father than I am. And so if I expect my boys to listen to me by saying something once, how much more respect should I give to God when he says something once? And so it, this was a really, um, you know, it says, do you humbly own your own rebellion, right? And it's going, it, it is, it's humbling. It's humbling when I compare my rebellion um, to my kid's rebellion, you know? And, you know, my thing is, is you know, you, you said you became a Christian when you were like 24, right? I mean, I've been walking with the Lord since I was seven. Like, you, you would think <laughs> by now, right, you should be a little bit further down the path. 
Uh, and you know, the reality is there's just a lot of stuff that I'm still struggling with that you know I see in my boys and I get frustrated with my boys and it's like God's sitting there going, well, what about you? Right? When, when are we going to make the changes in your life that you're expecting yeah. your boys to have? And they're so much younger and, you know, not further on down the path that you are. Yeah. And so. I mean, you know, the Apostle Paul says he's the chief sinner. And I think that there's a certain degree of like, if you don't think you're the biggest sinner you know, yeah. then you're way off the mark. Then you're off. Yep. yep. Because you know your own sin. You don't know other people's sin. That's right. Right. You know, you see some of their stuff on the outside. But like you don't know the thoughts, the the yeah. the relationship that they have with Jesus. They they don't you don't know those conversations that they're having in the still small. But that that takes us back to Johnny's thing: is your heart is so deceitfully wicked <laughs> it's because right. because you can lie to yourself better than you can lie to anybody Get into else. Anybody else? Yeah. Exactly. It's like you 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 tell yourself how great you are because your heart's just like you don't really want to know how bad you are. <laughs> and so this chapter is encouraging us to have consistency in our ambassadorial authority that's yes. been given to us to yes. parent these children, which requires us to be in the salvation process if we are going to model and teach that process. Yeah. He says this, Paul Tripp, parenting is about the willingness to live a life of long term. There it is again. Mm -hmm. But intentional repetition, intentional repetition. And that's, that's our task, to intentionally repeat the things that God has told us Over, over and over and over, and over again. And, over and this again. brings us back yep. to Deuteronomy 6. We talk about them when we get up. We write them on the doorposts. We bind them to our heads. Dad, I've heard that a 100,000 times. Well, that's because it's important to God, and so it's going to be important to our family yeah. as well. Yep, yep. Chapter 9 talks about foolishness, right? The principle says the foolishness inside your child is more dangerous to them than the temptation outside of them. Only God's grace has the power to rescue fools. And I think this is an important reminder. Um, we talk a lot about things that our children can get into, right? Um, we might talk about, you know, online pornography. Uh, we might talk about eating disorders. We might talk about, um, you know, playing out in the street and getting hit by a car, right? What, what Tripp is trying to say is, here's the deal. Um, What's going on inside of them is more dangerous than anything that's going to go on outside in the world, right? And and that's that's the reality, um, you know. That's that's really important. Is our is our? It says he says that, you know, the life of your child is controlled by their heart, and so what are we feeding into the hearts of our children is what's really really important from a parenting perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I think COVID really highlighted this particular concept because we couldn't go so many places yeah. and we couldn't do so many things. And I think there were so many parents who really felt their job as a protectionist what it was to protect from outside agents, whether that's the people who really struggle with sickness and yeah. like germs just freak them out and they can't touch a door handle without getting some antibacterial something on their hands, right? And there's all these people, they have all these different thoughts and fears and, you know, they go in and out of, you know, being okay, insane, going completely insane on the next day. Um, but realistically, what we saw coming out of COVID was that even just staying home, those same behaviors exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the outside world, right? It all happens at home, and really, it's the, what is it, the however many inches between your heart and your brain, mm-hmm. right? And, and what's going on between there and your vertical relationship with the Father. Yep. And then everything that comes on the outside is just a symptom of what's going on in your heart. Yeah. And so as parents, we need to be a part of that transformation project that only Jesus can accomplish, and we need to be delivering it from him in, instead of from us. Yeah. yeah. And, and you look at history of, of just the family in general. And I, I watched a lot of TV growing up and I don't know if, if you guys have seen, uh, the little house on the prairie, okay. uh, like 
I watched this. It was PBS because it happened to be a TV show that my little TV in my room, the antenna would actually get me good reception for. So I remember like adjusting these giant silver things. Getting. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody the right who's way. like 25 out there. Listening, never seen a pair has, of rabbit ears. No idea yeah. what he's talking <laughs> about. Like, what are you well, talking about? We used to put aluminum foil on the ends, like sure. amplify it. I'm I'm talking y'all's language, but anyways, that family. It was like a hermetically sealed unit yeah. where everything involved in the family's life took place in the family. Mom and dad taught religious education, basic education. Mm -hmm. They provided a job for their kids. Uh, They provided community. And if you couldn't find those core things within the family, you were just lost. But now what's happened is we've dealt, we've, we've released these responsibilities and we're sending our kids out. And then now parents are seen as the inspectors and the reformers of all of these things. If we're, if our kids are in public school and this is a PCA podcast, we're, we're jumping into the public school and saying, what are you teaching my kids about X, Y, and Z? And, and our kids will go and play some sort of sports league and we're curious about what the values of the coach are. What are you teaching my kid on the sidelines? And this chapter was a responsibility uh, or a reminder for me as a parent is, you know what would be foolish is if I did not take the reins of discipling my kids with a high level of intentionality. It's not someone else's job to do it. It's dad's job to lead the charge. It's mom's job to come alongside and to lead the charge as well. Yes. So important. He goes on to chapter 10 called character, um, says not all of the wrong your children do is a direct rebellion to authority. Much of the wrong is the result of a lack of character. (laughs) Like, ouch. Um, and that, that's just really, um, you know, the, the concept that he's leading up to, um, is really what, um, what drives our children, right? What what makes up what is essential to them, what is important to them, um, and so uh, you know, just an important chapter to uh, to remind us, um, you know, that when we look at our kids and we look at their actions, um, it's not just that they have a fallen nature; um, it's that they're going to develop habits as well, and uh, and those habits are going to result in actions, and and sometimes you know th- those those habits, those actions, that that character that's being built. Uh, we have to look at that and just say, um, you know, we, we can't just um, get a child saved and say, hey, now you're a new creature, right? We've got we've to peel back the layers um, that have developed in the life of a child so that they get rid of the, the habits um, that lead them to particular actions as well. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's like uh, I think about I think my sister was left handed when she was little. And when we were young, being left handed was a you know, was an awful curse going into the school system because yeah. everything was made for right handed people. Um, and so you smeared ink. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 You know, it, I just remember as a little kid kind of, you know, watching my sister try to write upside down on things and stuff like that. And you're like, that just looks weird. So, you know, in a sense, right, you know, my parents broke her of being left handed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, from a, a reminder of this particular you know chapter is. We have to be broken of some things yeah. um, that have been developed in us that that you know we we feel like they're just part of who we are. Um, sarcasm is is one of my things um, that you know I'm hey, I'm just a sarcastic person. It's like yeah, but you don't have to be, yeah. <laughs> right? And the Bible specifically addresses this one. Right. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to be right. Like the, you know, you can change. God can change you, and it's not just um, changing you know your heart, but it's changing your nature as well. 
And so I think chapter 10 was a good reminder to me of, of that particular principle. Every time I think about character, I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul, not mm. Paul Tripp's uh, quote in Romans, where he's talking about character. Romans 5, 3 through 5, he says, But we glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and that hope doesn't put us to shame. Yeah. So if we were to reverse engineer what builds character— before that, it's perseverance. What builds perseverance? Suffering. Suffering. Yep. Who am I to think that God isn't going to use my daughters to build character in me? And so whatever suffering I'm experiencing in the home as a father, whatever's keeping me up at night, is what's making me more like Jesus. Yep. And so the same is true for our kids. When God brings a season of suffering... It's our job as parents to remind them, be patient, push on. God has a plan for this. That's perseverance. And then as they build it, then the character comes and the character hope. Yeah. And a lot of parents now, you know, the old helicopter parents now, lawnmower parents, right? Just mowing down every obstacle in the life of your kid doesn't allow that to develop. Right? doesn't allow them to suffer, to produce the per- perseverance, oh, to produce so the hard. character. And yeah. you see kids who lack character, right? They're, they're very entitled people who think they deserve everything um, because that's what their parents have given to them. Mm-hmm. When they walk into a store, it's like, hey, I'm going to throw a fit unless you get me this. And then you give it to them. Um, you know, hey, what do you want to eat? Well, I want to eat this. You know? And you throw a fit unless you give it to them. And I think that's – you see that. Right. In the, in the outgrowth of young people. Right. Is they want everything when they want it, how they want it. And as parents, yeah. they feel like their job is to do that for their kids. And then when those kids get older and they lack character, we wonder why. Yeah. And, and, and how frustrated do we get when we recognize that someone else in our kid's life made our kid feel bad? Yeah. How dare you make my kid feel bad for something they did or didn't do? That's wrong then how do you handle the word of God in your family? Because you know what? Every time I look at God's word and I contrast it with my life, I feel terrible. And so are we to have the same posture with that with our kids? By no means. It's suffering, and it's ultimately, we talked about this in the first podcast, I really think that a true mark of spiritual maturity is when you start seeing conviction as a gift from God. Thank you for making me feel guilty for my sin because it's in that that reminds me that you're working and you're changing me. The old is dying and the new is coming. Yep. Amen. Your children don't so much need character management as they need worship realignment. Oh, boy. That was a great line by Tripp in the book. Um, and, and what he's really talking about is kind of that lawnmower idea of you doing everything for your kids. Um, I really appreciated when I went into curriculum night for sixth grade for my oldest, and they literally said, please let your children fail. Do not do the project for them. Do not remind them every minute of We need them to learn their own character, their own traits. And I don't know about you guys, but I typically only learn when I bump my head and it hurts. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, We can't just be that lawnmower parent where we're just going to mow down every obstacle. We've got to let the kids do it themselves. And while they're going through it, I need to teach them to give their worship to the almighty creator of everything. Mm, That's good. Amen. Amen. Well, there's chapter 10. So uh, next week will be our last, right, 11 through 14. 
uh, session four. So if you're reading along with us, uh, keep going. We have one more episode to go. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.